Hi, I'm Dr. Sonia Whitaker, host of the Sonia Whitaker Podcast. And I want you to know that it is on this podcast that I talk about what's really going on as it relates to topics that impact educators' ability to be effective in their work and topics that if we are fully prepared to address them, actually move us closer to accomplishing the goal of better ensuring that all students gain equitable access to a quality education. You may gain access to this podcast and all others via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and by visiting my website at SonyaWhitaker.com. Now, what I'd like to do today is to actually open up by referring to the topic for this podcast, which is black. It's the color of my skin. And and what I want to share right off the bat here is that this story, this the story that I'm going to share in the podcast, which is actually the motivation behind the, the message that uh, that I really do want to make public, um, happened as a direct result of my visit to the hospital most recently. And uh, I am of age. <laughs> so most recently, I went to the hospital to have a colonoscopy. And some of you may be saying, well, goodness, doc, that's personal. Why are you sharing that you had uh, a doctor's appointment of that nature? Well, one of the things that you will learn to know if you don't know about me already, is I'm I'm pretty consistent. And what I mean by that is most recently I have engaged in the habit of talking about how important it is that we as educational leaders take care of ourselves. Uh, you all, I'm like really into it. And uh, what I mean by that is I'm committed, as I hope you are too, to taking care of yourself not just physically and spiritually, but emotionally as well. And so when I share that the motivation behind uh, the message that I have for today came as a direct result of a visit to the hospital relevant to uh, what I needed to do, I'm happy to say that I am extremely healthy, um, is really just another way of me being consistent with making sure that although, again, that we have tough jobs and although this is a tough topic to have to address, we really have to be sound physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally in order to keep fighting the good fight on behalf of all children. And so back to the topic at hand, it was actually as I checked into the hospital, I interacted with a nurse in the hospital room And um, she could probably sense, I assume, right away a certain level of anxiousness being displayed by me. And what I ended up sharing with her is I said, I am feeling a little anxious right now, I'll I'll admit. And I added that I'm actually not um, feeling overwhelmed by having to, you know, go under, so to speak, relevant to the surgery, if that's what you want to call it. I was shared with her that I'm actually um, a little hype and anxious about the fact that what happens every time I have to have an IV 
or every time I have to get a shot, the nurse always ends up taking two fingers. It's usually her pointer finger and her middle finger, and she puts those two fingers together. I'm sure you can imagine exactly what I'm talking about. And she always takes my arm and just has to hit my arm over and over. It feels like banging in my on my mind because it's just something that I find very um, uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. And and the reason why that was causing me a little bit of anxiety is because I was trying to figure out whether or not I should actually share it, how I was feeling and why I was feeling that way with the nurse. And so I actually... Um, I decided to do so. And when I shared uh, the details of my feelings with a nurse, who, by the way, I had never met before, I sh- I'm going to tell you what I shared, and I'll tell you what her response to that was. And I said, the reason why they've always had to essentially bang on my arms before I get a shot every time is because my skin is black. And unlike my mother, I'm not a fair-skinned or a light-skinned black woman. I'm a dark-skinned black woman. And so all of my life, every appointment of this nature, again, associated with a doctor or a nurse needing to see my veins, always consisted of that happening. And I really just was not in the mood, to be quite frank, for that to happen again another day. Her response at first I thought was really interesting because as soon as I finished sharing that with her, she immediately stepped out of the room. And I I must admit, I thought, well, gosh, I guess it was kind of risky for the lack of a better term to share those uh, deep emotions. But I thought it was important. So my point is I wasn't sure what her response was going to be because she left the room. Well, after uh, just a few minutes, she came right back. Literally even seemed like she was skipping in the room. She was uh, into the room. She was in such a great mood and she had a device that I had never seen before. And she smiled and she said, do you want to know what this is? And of course I said, yes. She said, it's a, she said, it's a vein detector. I said, a what? She said, a vein detector. And essentially, she went on to share with me as she grabbed my arm and highlight, literally, it seemed almost like a laser light that she put on my arm. She was able to show me all of the veins in my arm. And so she said, this device is used to accomplish the goal uh, that you have described cause you uh, a certain level of anxiety, which is to make sure that we're able to see through your beautiful brown skin. And I must admit, I will never forget my exchange and interaction with that nurse for the rest of my life. What that nurse did was practice cultural responsiveness. She became fully aware of what my needs were. And not only did she listen Not only did she hear, but she responded and equally important by referring essentially to the color of my skin in a positive manner. She actually made it known to me that she saw me. And so before I get too far ahead of myself, I want to 
put to bed, for the lack of a better term, um, the statement, the phrase that some prefer to use, which is, I don't see color. When the reality is that if you don't see color, then you don't see me. You don't see, if you don't see color, you don't see other brown Americans. So you actually do see color and I see color. And I think that's important to state at the beginning of uh, this podcast. Now, what was so interesting, again, because of my interaction with her, that changed the entire trajectory as it relates to my perception of how this appointment was actually going to go. Now, my experience seems to have been much different than the experience that actress Angelina Jolie's daughter, Zahara, actually had uh, during her visit to a hospital most recently. And more specifically, as indicated in an article published by a company called Assumtech, uh, it's reported that after Angelina Jolie's daughter, Zahara, couldn't receive the surgical care that she needed because of the color of her skin, her mom began to call out the medical system's lack of awareness around non-white patients. Now, in this um, interview that I'm referring to, Angelina Jolie went on to reveal how her eldest daughter, Zahara, she was age 16 at the time, experienced bias after surgery because of her race. Again, according to her mother. She says her daughter, whom she adopted from Ethiopia, had surgery. And afterwards, a nurse told her to call them if her skin turned pink. And as you can imagine, that had Miss Jolie extremely furious. And she uh, has begun advocacy toward making sure that in the healthcare profession, that the medical professions are indeed developing their cultural competencies so that they have the skill sets needed to be more culturally responsive. Again, her experience, totally different from mine. Two different types of experiences, but I want to use both of them to make a few very important points relevant to the message that I have for you today. I want to switch gears for just a minute and drive home this point uh, a little bit deeper. As most of you know, also, I, I like to give practical examples in my conversations, but I am a researcher and I am a scholar. And so I do have uh, those followers as well. And so I like to provide some theoretical basis for the conversation that I'm having with you today, if I may. During my uh, keynote and um, workshop presentations, I often share that cultural competencies has become a major focus even in the healthcare industry. And I introduce uh, what theorist Purnell describes as the Purnell model for cultural competency. And so I want to actually play, if I may, uh, a recording for you of me talking in, about and introducing Purnell's model of cultural competence. Essentially, he refers to uh, a process by which we go through to develop the level of consciousness needed to be effective in our work. And I would be remiss if I did not refer back to the positive healthcare experience that I had in which the nurse actually demonstrated 
a very positive level of consciousness. And I'll describe more formally uh, what form of consciousness I believe that she demonstrated based on this quick um, excerpt that I'm going to play for you. Personal journey, all of us have a tendency as human beings to go through levels of consciousness as it relates to developing our own cultural competencies. Let me also point out that cultural competence has become a major initiative even in the healthcare profession. As a direct result, Dr. Larry Purnell, professor from the University of Delaware, has developed what is referred to as the Purnell Model for Cultural Competence. More specifically, he shares with us that we progress through various cycles in our journey, and the progression that he describes is as follows. One progresses from unconscious incompetence, meaning not being aware that one is lacking knowledge about a culture, to conscious incompetence, meaning one is aware that one is lacking knowledge about another culture. Then we progress to conscious competence, means that we're learning about another culture intentionally, to unconscious competence, using healthcare terms by automatically providing culturally congruent care to clients of diverse cultures. And in education terms, meaning knowing enough about the cultural background of the students that we serve in order to be effective in our service to them. And so there you have it. When we, that means you and I, actually pause and reflect on the theoretical terms that were just introduced to you and then think about the positive experience that I had with the nurse, I have a tendency to believe that based on her immediate actions, right? She didn't pause. She didn't hesitate for one moment. That based on her immediate actions, that nurse demonstrated that she had a very high level of consciousness. So that would be number four out of the four levels of consciousness for which was just described to you. And so I want to drive this point uh, further, those of us, whether we be a community member, an educator, say a parent of an educator, uh, a board member, those of us that are real serious about the work associated, associated, excuse me, with diversity, equity, and inclusion, and those of us that are real serious about making sure that although we may have grown up in a community where a greater majority of the people actually looked like us and maybe that greater majority of people were not uh, adults or children of color those of us even in those situations if we are very committed to making sure that we don't unintentionally engage in the types of biases that would be counterproductive in nature has to continue to raise our consciousness by practicing what I refer to as the policy of intentionality by intentionally engaging in participating in podcasts, not just listening to podcasts, but if interested, actually being on an interview where you're actually being vulnerable and you're actually asking questions so that you may learn information about a culture other than yours. Actually, not just going through the workshops focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion, but being an active participant in which you are actually asking the types of questions that need to be asked in order, again, to be effective in your work, if this topic is related to your work, 
but also to be more effective in your growth journey around this topic in particular. In summary, I'd like to then take the example that I gave relevant to the nurse's response to me and then cause you to pause for just a moment. Like I'm literally going to make my point and pause for just a moment so that you can engage as a reflective practitioner on the question that I'm getting ready to pose. And that is, I will, first of all, I want you to recognize that what she did was simple. It didn't cost her anything. It took just a brief moment of, again, being aware. What I want to ask you to do, again, as a school board member, an educator, politician, community member, regardless of your background, what is the one or two things that you can and or should be doing in your respective organization to demonstrate a very high level of consciousness as it relates to the journey that you are on related to this topic. I want to give you just one concrete example because I happen to believe that everybody that listens to my podcast is really bright and that you're going to be able to take this content back to your school board meetings for training, back um, to your professional development meetings to, and staff meetings to have your staff listen to it and engage in some important conversations. I already know that you can do that. So I don't need to give you 100 examples. I think one or two good examples would do the trick. I want to ask you, are you willing to go back and take a look at your yearbooks? Like literally, the school yearbooks, the, the school pictures. How about the pictures on your district website? How about the pictures on the websites for your individual buildings? I want you to do it with an equity lens in terms of looking at those pictures and determining if the, if the lighting was right, if the lens was on point in terms of making sure that your black students are reflected in the most favorable light. And the reason why I share this, because again, I remember being an elementary age student and I hated picture day because the color of my skin was black. And very often when those pictures, I actually have to pause for a moment. And when I think about how much I, I really hated the day that those pictures came out. I just really did have a moment there because I knew that all of my white friends were going to look really, really beautiful in the yearbook because the, the lighting and the camera, the lens seemed to capture the beautiful color of their skin just perfectly. But I knew that by the time we got to my picture in the little box that I wouldn't be reflected in a beautiful and favorable light because the lighting was always off. And so that would be a concrete example of something really, really, really small, but really, really big that you can do within your respective organization as a direct result of listening to the Sonia Whitaker podcast today. You can go back, ask the superintendent, administrators, whatever is appropriate, for the important role that you play within your respective organization 
to provide you with a copy of the pictures of the black and brown students that are displayed in the yearbook and the like. And they don't even have to know why you want to see it. But that would, again, demonstrate your, your willingness to develop your level of consciousness about what is happening within your respective organization to ensure that all students, regardless of the color of their skin, not only gain equitable access to a quality education, but that they are also reflected in the most favorable light. I'd like to thank you so very much for your gift of time. I look forward to continuing to grow with you. I look forward to having you go back to your respective organizations and share what you've learned with me today and your journey with others as you continue to be the best that you can be. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Sonia Whitaker podcast. You may access my podcast by visiting Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio. And you may also access it by visiting SoniaWhitaker.com.